love to help change lives with with our programming and with and with coaching and helping people be stronger and leaner and more healthy. That's that keeps me going. Then, uh, you know, uh, my dad at 85 years old is still my biggest fan and I'm super grateful. Lastly, was definitely my son, Jordan, who's uh, who's probably my inspiration. He's 21 now. He's 6'3", 205. He's a phenomenal athlete. Uh, you know, he has, he has been all around the globe and he's been, he's a published author. He's a motivational speaker. He's, uh, an absolutely, absolute astute gentleman. some amazing things and, and yeah. traveled the world and and not only done these races but he's won them mm. and so i mean for people that are athletes or people that are kind of like me and pretend to be athletes on the weekend you know this one has got so much gold in there for you you, you know how do you keep it going for for a long period of time i mean paul's been an athlete for 30 years yeah Talked about unreal. starting in his teens yeah and I think the man's in his um, late 40s, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, 30 years of this game. And, and, you know, so, and in between that, being a field medic and, and you know, helping other athletes and, and guys like off the, the mountain. the highest echelons of being a field medic. Yeah. He was in a helicopter for 13 years, he said. 13 years, was Thir- that right? I think it was 13 years, yeah. So, this is being, a, being like a medevac helicopter paramedic. That's right, okay. Yeah. You said Unreal. it way better than I did. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, talent for words is something that I got, and so I'm not going to keep, uh, you know, addressing it. So I'm not bringing any attention to it. Um, but this episode has, has, has been great. I think um, one of the coolest things about it is during it, you you kind of like take the charge and take the lead in a way that um, and it, uh, through your questions and what you're asking, because you can relate through the stories of what he's he was um, speaking on with his own son and, and what they experienced, you know, through that journey and. Uh, I wrote a little article that's going to start coming out on our website, too. Um, start doing some writing, um, both Jesse and I, uh, for kind of like blog entries for our um, upcoming um, website. Yeah. And then I wrote a little rough draft. Jesse liked it, but he didn't really say a whole much about it. I figured this would be a good time to ask him what he what he liked about the writing. Nice. Way to throw him in at the bus. By the way, that, yeah. that website is going to be findingbalancepc.com. So Finding Balance shortened the podcast you guys don't have to type out so much but just PC because we are trying to be are we trying to be politically correct (laughs) I think we'll just keep it as a podcast I don't think we do it very well probably not that great at that even though we're trying I think at times that we don't don't pull it off as well as we could but yeah that'll be coming soon where we'll we'll get a bunch of colleagues writing up there and and coffee's ready. You're ready well, and, too. And, and philosophy and, and you know more of the methodology. Absolutely. So people that want to get more information about kind of what we stand for mm-hmm. and then what the the pillars that we also have our individual things that we're doing. That's going to be a great place to kind of connect all the dots and true and and maybe find ways that we can help you help you guys out. You know with questions or needs things like that. So excited about it. 
So what did you think of that first writing, that first little rough draft? It was good, man. Uh, you're My a, little recap you're a, um, on it. <clears throat> I, you're very... Um, your writing is very smooth. It's flowy, so it's nice. It's easy to read. Um, you know, when I first opened it, of course, I looked I'm like, oh, God, he freaking wrote a ton. I know. Really and then, but then you start reading it, and it goes by fast. And so you're like, okay, this isn't... You know, easy so going. I, I enjoyed it, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's kind of my aim, really, is, is like... Things can be informative, but we're not trying to just speak about the whole, you know, write about the whole episode, you know, in a way. And that's kind of what I did with this initial one, was just kind of give a little recap. But in my words of, of, of like, kind of Paul's childhood. But what I was trying to attach it to in the article is um, this kind of play on um, having parents in your life that they themselves push they themselves have this desire to want to achieve mm-hmm. that they want to accomplish things in their own life and and by that by their example they um kind of guide their kids through it but there's a fine line between how far does that uh personal desire go to where the child either receives a very great teaching from it or does it just become too much of an expectation does it become too much of a burden to carry for themselves on their own and that's what i was kind of writing towards well and that's the hard thing too with that situation because for for the one paul that i've talked to you talk to so many other kids that get burnt out you know the same basic philosophy right it's like hey we're just gonna pound it hard and just keep going and keep going and keep going and hopefully it works out where you just kind of can keep it going like Paul, but a lot of people crash, right? I mean, you yeah. the kids at high school, they don't want to play their, the sport that they've you know, played all their life or college, the same thing happens, right? And so it's, it's so hard to figure out which way a kid's going to go. In. And I guess the thing would be digging more into a conversation with Paul about how do you, you know, how, how, what kept you going forward as a teenager when everything else is saying stop and, and take the easy road or, you know, you're burnt out. Yeah. You know, what makes you keep going? Yeah. And even how he talks about his own, his own son and like the kind of goals that he set for himself yeah. and how, you know, I was like, is that genetic? Like, what is that? You know, or is that coming from a tradition that was held from Paul's father and, and his father's father, you know? That's, that was the curious thing. Yeah. So that's why the article I gave to you was kind of a rough draft of this episode. It was, it's my first writing for Finding Balance podcast. So I'm glad you felt it was it was um, flowy enough that your uh, capacity to want to read wasn't ever thought about. So thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. A little compliment with an insult. There we go. Take that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Man. Yes, but everyone, this uh, episode was um, really inspiring. It really was. It it, it, it has uh, long-lasting effects since, Absolutely. since I've spoken to the man. And just listening to it back again, I'm like, wow, this is, this is great. And um, we've had many of those, but, you know, everything lands differently in everyone. And so with this one, um, check it out, everybody. Enjoy it. Um, be along for this ride of, of this kind of maybe extreme childhood yeah. that you, you would have never thought you know, impossible, but you're kind of live vicariously through his story. Can't help but do it. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Any last words, my friend? Uh, have a wonderful day, everyone. Right on. Sounds good to me as well. Take care, everybody. Enjoy the episode. We'll see you with the next one. Aloha. Aloha. Great day today. Yeah, it was awesome. We are recording.
Yeah, we had an early. Always, um, I'm always surprising, Kali, on these things. <laughs> had an early wad over here at McKenna um, CrossFit. At least for me, I shouldn't say for everybody. I don't. I don't really. I'm pretty sure that's because you did two thirds of the of the work, and I was doing the final third. That's probably why it was harder. You didn't have to throw your own self under the bus. I'm always going to throw myself under the bus, man. Truth is what will set us free, man. Truth is what it's all about. I'm not. I'm not trying to pretend like I did half that wad with with you. You did. You did the lion's share of the work. So we're super stoked because we have our uh, our guest here, Coach Paul. I'll hear it from McKenna CrossFit. He is the guy who's telling us a little bit more about Asai and his uh, adventures out there in Brazil. I think one of the questions I'm really curious about um, with Paul because. We've been uh, able to hang with the man for the past two, three weeks. He's been coming down to Kiyokahi on Sundays, and he's been really stoked on it. So he's inviting us out today, and we could all make it. So um, how did you actually get uh, into this journey of um, not only just being fit? Because I know you were doing a lot more than just CrossFit. Uh, you've been doing CrossFit for, what, seven years is that now? Seven years CrossFit. Yeah. And what was what was the, um, the preliminary or the prerequisite of your fitness training oh, before man, this? It started... My dad was my coach. My dad was my inspiration. I, I'm one of nine siblings. Wow. I'm number eight of nine. So I had brothers, and my father was all about coaching us from day one wow. to be an athlete, to be competitive, to be efficient in everything you do. Wow. That helps you be competitive and, and carries over into day to day life, work life. What did your dad do? Dad was an engineer, but he was a runner. He was a track runner in okay. his day in Pasadena, California. But my earliest memories of life were five, six years old running wind sprints and 100. 10 degrees in Phoenix, Arizona in the middle of summer with my dad and a clipboard and a stopwatch and just run till you drop. No way. And he probably didn't take very long. <laughs> run till you drop. Repeat. And then get up. There's a giant, giant spoonful of dark, dark honey. Here you go, son. Back at it again. Back at it again. Whoa. So that, and that turned my, uh, that bred champions. He, me and my two brothers were champion mountain uh, BMX racers. The birth of, since the birth of mountain bike racing for 10 years, that's all we did. We're a full team. Of, so we traveled all over competing bikes forever since day one. That led to being a quarterback, pitching, playing hoops, beach volleyball, mountain bike racing, snowboarding. This is the birth of snowboarding. I've been competing on snowboard for years. <laughs> wow. That led to mountain climbing, climbing some big mountains there, doing some, doing some mountain climbing, mountain bike racing. Dang, man, you did yeah, it. Yeah, uh, that led to <laughs> adventure racing, where, where my main career was adventure racing, captaining a team for 13 years, traveling all over the world, doing the longest, hardest adventure races in the world. Wow. Five, six, seven day nonstop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eco, okay. eco challenge days, remember the eco challenges? Mm -hmm. And the Red Goas, seven day nonstop expeditions through jungles, desert. There's one in the, in the snow. Um, I remember reading about it in Joe DeSena's book, the Spartan Guys book. Um, I, but I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the name. But it's like toted as one of the hardest in the in the snow, and it's just it's well, a gnarly supposed Alaska's to be. Alaska's got that. I did a rod. I oh, did a rod. There we go. That was it. Yeah, that was it. And so you've done that one. I did a dog sport. Is, uh, I did a sport is with the bike or foot. Um, I have not done. I did a sport, but I've been up in the north of Sweden. I've been racing all over in Arctic up there, in Patagonia, Chile, Argentina, and Antarctica, in Antarctica. So desert, Arctic, open ocean, jungle. So in your younger days, you, if somebody asked you what you did for work, you would tell them you're a professional athlete. Yeah, full-time athlete my whole life, yeah. And then that was parallel with the life, uh, whole career as a critical care life flight paramedic. So oh. I, I was doing a, a brief stint in ski patrol led to becoming a paramedic, which led to becoming a critical care uh, life flight paramedic. That's the highest level of medical care outside the hospital. So I was on the helicopter for 13 years. Which allowed, which is that schedule when you do that profession allows you to have 20 f days off a month. Okay. <laughs> so that was a full time life I had as a 
athlete and then being a paramedic was going wow. on helicopter work for two two days a week. Nice. Two 24 hour shifts yeah, yeah, a week, yeah. that's 48 okay. hour work week still. Like the fire, like the fire department mm-hmm. in a lot, a lot of cases, yeah. I was in Las Vegas. I was living in California, so I'd drive to Las Vegas to work. Sheesh. And then uh, and had a house out there. Trained in the desert, which was great for training for super extreme heat races and, and uh, desert races. So I trained in the desert and mountains and, and that, that, uh, and then somewhere in there I had a kid and that kid uh, came to me with a dream one day to climb the highest mountains in the world. And mm. then by the time he was 15, we climbed all the seven summits of the world, climbed every highest mountain on each continent and oh. shattered the world record on Mount Everest uh, at, at the age of 13. And then uh, finished up at Antarctica, he's 15 years old. Did so, we yeah. read that story? Did we read the story, Jack, about, sorry, my son Jack is with us in the, in the box, but <laughs> I, we read, remember the story we read about the kid that did like the seven peaks? We, that might be, that might be this. That's my son, yeah. <laughs> Holy cow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. His man. name's Jordan, Jordan Romero. Yeah, and then, um, then that, t- that turned into a, after adventure racing and all that, ma- managing a team for years, that fizzled, so to say, but I branched off into ultra running. So it was running the longest running, 100, 200 mile running races is now the thing to do. Yeah, I, 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 is this oh. a survival run? Yeah, survival run. That's funny, yeah, because I had had a guy post on my Instagram after I posted we were here, and he's a guy from the mainland that I've just met through Spartan Race. And he's like, yo, Paul's a savage. That guy's a straight. I, he I think he said, I think he said bad motherfucker. And he's like, yeah, he runs survival, one survival run. So, yeah, what is that? Uh, so in the world of ultra marathons, there is your... 50 miles, your 100 kilometer, your 100 miles. Then there's your 200 miles we're doing now, uh, nonstop running races. And then there's these survival runs, which are unsupported ultra marathons, where you go through jungle or extreme mountain terrain and you're self supported. Okay. And then in you gotta that, pack everything, that means. Pack everything, which is still really light. We just live off the land and, and travel really, really light. And then in that competition, every 10 miles or 12 miles, you'll come across a strength challenge. Wow. So you'd be on a, on a marked course through the mountains and you're just in a canyons and streams and dark in the middle of woods and all of a sudden, boom, you come to a camp and there is a team of people with a challenge out there for you. And it can be falling a huge tree wow. and splitting the tree with an ax for two hours, swinging a, you know, you've just run a mountains for, wow. just run a marathon and then suddenly you got an ax in your hand, you're, you're you know, falling a tree. That sounds like fun. Or no, suddenly you're at a lake. Is that gear that you need to carry? So do you need to be carrying an axe or they no, have those? No, they're, they're there. They're okay, perfect. The oh, good. Oh. I'm like, holy cow, this is getting ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> or you might come to the edge of the water and all of a sudden we're doing these middle of night open ocean swims, you know, cold water, no, no, no wetsuits. No, 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 no right? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, still huge load carries. I've carried 50 pounds of bananas up a 6,000 foot volcano with no Whoa. water, no water for nine hours. You know, just, they just try to break you, break you, break <laughs> yeah, you. Break yeah. you. Is it, is, is it just one of those where whoever is the last man standing, is that yeah, kind of the... Yeah, yeah, pretty much almost nobody finishes those races. The last one I was at, there was like 79 guys, and only two of us finished. Sheesh. Yeah. What? Out of yeah. 79 people? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So, yeah. So that's the new breed of ultra marathon now. They just, they just try to tap into the... The deepest, most darkest, deepest, darkest stuff. Uh, well, the death race stuff, right? I mean, that's of that's life that you have some of the death you. race stuff and everything. <laughs> Did you do a death race? When no, they, when death race when they were still around. Race. I'm, I'm familiar. A little different style. That's that, 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 what Joe's doing with death race and, and, and that stuff is 
Different style. You, you're really subject to what the organizers throw at you, and it varies between. Oh, okay. So it's hard to it's a little hard luck. prepare in that way. Yeah, a little luck of the draw. I mean, it seems to be hard to prepare regardless for for something like that, where you're not sure if you're going to be true. Like you said, middle of the night ocean, open ocean swimming versus cutting a tree down with an axe. True. Yeah, but, but in those races, they make they work hard to make the playing field level for everybody that's going to come to those tasks. Oh, okay. Sometimes in these other events, there's a luck of the draw. You might get, you know, a task or load that's different than the others. And, yeah, they're a couple all, of them I've seen. Uh, TPK, have you done any of those? Have you familiar with that? I saw th they have a Rubik's Cube. That's the thing that you have to oh, do, you Rubik's do cube. a Rubik's Cube. I'm like, oh, oh I never no. signed up just for no, that. No. I'll just leave. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. But so you yeah. see all these guys are like practicing, you know, and it, training is training, right? I mean, mental training is still good, but you're like, yeah. they spend, they're spending that, those couple of hours of training time during the day working on the Rubik's Cube, cube algorithms. And that just, it's, it's baffling, like the different things they throw into this to mess with you, yep. right? Yeah. I mean, I would, I, it's not that I don't like Rubik's Cube work or anything like that. It's just, you know, I mean, I mean, there's like, a lot of other ways to test, test your capacity for uh, your, your mental acuity yeah. during, you know, some very intense physical demand. Yeah, like, you come in and out but, of a mountain 20 miles and all of a sudden you're like, here's a Rubik's Cube, figure it out. Dude, Damn I it. Don't know. I've been Jeez. in some races, I used to race a lot in China, and uh, you would um, come in these Millie's Ultra Marathons, you'd come across a puzzle, and... Uh, or these memory challenges. Oh yeah, the memory ones are suck. Where you'd come up to this area, this forest, and you're just looking at six trees with numbers and, and, uh, and letters. Okay, and you're given like a moment to look at it. Numbers and letters on these trees, and then you gotta run back 100 meters and tell that dude what they were. You know, the heart rate's 180 and you've been running for, you know, just these simple. No, I like that. That, yeah, it's yeah, like that's, memory, that's, the memory. Under, under oh, so is it, is that's it, a little more reality. Yeah, you know, it's a like survival that. scenario. You yeah, might, you might, exactly. you might, you might have some moment where some, some, something comes down to that. Oh, totally, man. It, it, it reminds me of those things of like, um, like survival games. Just like how you said, it's like real life scenarios. Like, you know, when you have people, and I, I listened to this um, story about a child soldier, and just the way that he grew up. He was like, I had to count steps. He's like, I knew where there was places for shelter. I knew where there was places to hide and duck for cover, and I knew where my enemy was, and then I could count how many steps it would take him to get to one place so that when I was moving and I saw him move, I knew I could fire off a shot and, and still get to where I needed to be. But that's, that's counting, you know? Yeah. So you're counting and you still have to remember that under high stress, right? High demand and you still have to have that clarity of mind wow. that you can anticipate, you know? So I like that. Rubik's Cube, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to I tie this in because it's interesting that we're standing in a CrossFit box and, and Paul, you're, you're, you're the owner here and, and how does that translate for you? you know, I, my first CrossFit experience was this morning, and I've watched it. I think as a sport, it's a, it's a great thing, you know, watching these, especially like the games, athletes and things like that. They are hmm. specimens of men, right? They are some of the toughest athletes you can find, but I've just never personally, you know, connected myself to CrossFit. But how does this translate for you, Paul? This, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm being a little baffled. You're an endurance guy. But you're yeah. you're in a box, and and this seems to yeah. be a lot of your training yeah. work is in here. Yeah. I'm unique in that that my uh, I've had success still now at, at you know late 40s hitting the 50, um, being competitive at some of the you know longest hardest running races in the world. Where the conventional thinking and the conventional approach is to run miles and run yeah. miles and run and run and run and bank up miles and build your endurance. And um, that the, that doesn't promote longevity in my opinion that's a huge mm -hmm. amount of wear and tear on yeah. the body and feet yes. and ankles and hips and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and there's people that need that there's people that need to build up endurance and need to know what it's like to to um, have that capacity to um, right. 
to, to go along to go long and, and to be able to dig deep mentally. Yeah. I've done that uh, through my expeditions. You know, I've led about 200 plus expeditions all over the world from Papua New Guinea to Africa to China, every corner of China and Brazil. Damn. So I know what it's like to 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 go 50 hours with no sleep and be navigating and leading a team and being uh, looking for water and still trying to race and being chased by the Polish team and the Chinese and you know just just being in that scenario I've got so much of that experience that now I just need to keep my body fast and strong and feed it right that's just a huge component that's a big part of my success these days is being able to feed it really well to keep it running so now I can, I, I know what it's like to go, if I'm at the starting line, I know what it's like that I'm gonna run for 24 hours straight. I just, I can, you know, I, I know what's gonna happen. There's, there's nothing I haven't seen. There's no hell that I haven't been through that's gonna be any worse than I've already been through in the jungles of Philippines and nine days in we're <laughs> lost and no food. You know, there's nothing gonna be that bad. So I've been there. So all I've gotta do is just put myself in a good form, take care of my feet, be on point with my strike and my gait and just move like a motor, feed myself perfectly. Keep my electrolytes tapped off all the time, topped off all the time. Got my fuel coming in, my right amount of calories, my fats, my, you know, and then it gets start tricky. I start talking about, I can start talking about, you know, feeding with, uh, with what we're doing now with ketones. Are you, so are you doing ketones? And, and I'll just ketones, stuff I've been doing the last couple of events. It's been pretty successful. How's um, it? Uh, my adaptogens and all these other mushrooms and things like that that keep the body oxygenating super well. Cordyceps and things it's, like that. Yes, yes, yes. Cordyceps, okay. ashwagandha, maca, matak, all those. Dripping in continuously makes the body just operate like a... So is that just in a water for you and you're just sipping on it or is that a... Capsules, powders, Cap okay. number, of, uh, number of ways to, to bring it in. And so you're, so going, so you're, you're all fully away from sugary gels, things like that. You're doing complete There's fasting. There's a time and place for that. You know, I work with Beeline, an amazing company that makes a, uh, a carbohydrate gel. That's five organic ingredients, pomegranate, coconut, uh, honey, and molasses. And chia is this perfect blend of carbohydrate. And there's a time, there's a time for it, you know. Yeah, when you Not, feel that bonk coming on, right? I yeah. mean, you got to get those, you got to get that sugar, and you got to. You can't live on that, of course. So um, I got a whole arsenal of, of what to, you know, for when the wheels start coming off, and, and you've got to pull. So uh, yeah, so what, how's CrossFit? You know, how does that work? It's um, unique like that. Although it's it's a growing trend, um, that those that can succeed in these, in these races um, have to be strong, strong, strong core, strong posture, mm -hmm. strong hips. And, and we can get that from running, but it sure is a lot easier and really more uh, definitive to do it with a barbell and do it in a, in a box. Efficient on your body too, like you said, the wear and tear, that's the hard thing, yeah. right? It's a, and we do sometimes yeah. slow, repetitive work, um, um, you know, cross body work and stuff like that that you mm -hmm. might not get conventionally. That's just all about, um, preparing you for just single leg work. You know, in running, all we're doing is this big single leg work. Sometimes it's across the body and it's just big glute and hip work, keeping the, keeping the head on top of the shoulders and keeping the body upright. And if you just do that and you feed yourself right and you've got it up here to go, you know, to go through some hell, then before you know it, you're running for 24, 30, 36, Watch. to 40 hours. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling simple. inspired. I don't know. Kale's not, I don't know how it, inspired Kale is, but I feel inspired. I, wanted, I love the endurance stuff. I mean, you know, Spartan no Race has kind of been, you know, I did the Ultra Beast last year, oh. which was a pretty fun thing. But I mean, 26 miles is nothing when you start, when you start logging in hundreds of miles. I mean, that's I've, a crazy I've difference, right? I've made a living talking to people, athletes like you, that have been in that Spartan, been in that, 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 that marathon, that double marathon, and then just go, God, could I ever run 100 miles? And then I've been with guys like you, and they here's some, here's a shoe for you, here's your fuel for you, now here, here's your phone, here's that race, let me hit that button for you, sign up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now tell you where you're gonna gotcha. be off. 
uh, and then you just freaking show up. There you just go. Yeah. And before you know it, you know, you gotta learn how to pace yourself. You don't go out at 10K pace and you don't, so, and it's this journey. It's, believe it or not, the longer it is, to an extent, it, it, it's more of a journey and it's more doable. The thought of running a half marathon or a marathon right now scares the shit out of me, right? For me to be competitive at a marathon right now, oh my God. I get, I, like I, a road marathon, I, like a yeah. regular just road? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm vomit right now if I start yeah. thinking about it. If I gotta line up tomorrow for a marathon. Three and a half hours, 3.45 of just flat out perfect running at, at you know, there's so much room for air there. And when you yeah. air on, on a marathon like that, it's just, you know, it's hard to recover and you're blowing up. But tell me right now, I'm going to a 100 mile race I didn't know about. I'm just like, give me some bottles. I got my fuel over here. I get a good night's rest and I'll bang it out. You know, knowing that, knowing that there's just a pace that's very doable there, just like a diesel motor. And just motor it out. Yep. Just motor it out. You'll have some peaks and valleys, but there's always a recovery. And Because uh, Hawaii does have a 100 mile race, correct? Is yeah, that it's got the Hurt 100. Okay. Very famous race over on Oahu. It's a four lap race. That is a um, pretty notorious race. It is brutal, steep, sloppy, uh, messy uh, event. No, <laughs> Sounds uh, like Oahu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, with all respect to the, to the race organizer and the company, it's, it's a beautiful race. Uh, yeah, I mean, if that's the, the intention, is, right? If, that's, yeah. if the intention is to have gnarly terrain, then yeah. they've succeeded, yeah. Yeah. right? So, but it sucks for the guys that are running it because that, yeah, yeah, like you said, that's, you know, I mean, I remember. Some people like that. That's a strength, that's a strength kind of event and challenge. Mm. You're just high-stepping and you're just in roots and you're nasty terrain and you're just going up all the time. So, you know, we duplicate that here in the box. You could duplicate a race like all of them with boxes and step ups and just mm. constant big single leg work and pistol squats. And, and you get to a mountain like that and you're like a fucking rocket ship. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> now putting on a flat road for, you know, 50K or something like that, that's, that's some hard, hard, you know, that's, believe it or not, that's hard to do. Harder <laughs> to do. So when you have, when I coach people to have to change that mindset a little bit and how to approach for, for Ironmans and, 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 and cycling and, and long distance cycling and, and running and do the work in here, the results are so quick. Yes. Mm. And that posterior change is strong. You're pushing that bike and that crank down, which is all you want to do on a bike. You want to move that crank down and uh, that's wattage to the wheel, yeah, yeah. wattage to the cassette, and that's just the bike moving. And so, you know, um, to, to <laughs> If Lance Armstrong and the, and the team back then, they, they, were, they were doing barbell work before anybody was. Oh, were they? Mm. Oh, nice. They were just getting to, you know, he, imagine me on a bicycle, right? Mm -hmm. And here's, here's that bike leg kick, right? That is not much different than that. Yeah. Right? So Paul, Paul is uh, showing us right now, and unfortunately we don't have the video, but he's basically hunched over in a, in a cycling position and basically showing that it, it's it, extremely similar to a deadlift. I mean, yeah, it's basically it the same or that single yeah. step up, you know, you know, I mean, it's, it, they all correspond, right? Shooting yeah. that leg back, engaging the glute. Exactly. Yeah, so you know, I mean, you do a, uh, uh, in deadlift, and then suddenly that back and that, and that posterior chain is strong. And then the wattage just goes up in the bike so quick. And uh, anyway, so yeah, even you mentioned today, you know, with the, with the rowing, you know, just for our warm, which was refreshing for me to see was during the warm up, emphasis was on the form of the rowing and how do you get, like you said, how do you get that maximum wattage? Are you leaving that six inches in the front with the, with the handle, right? Are you leaving it there or are you getting the full range so that, you know, even if it's a warm up and it wasn't, I mean, it was time, but it wasn't necessarily you had to go fast, but just knowing that you're going to maximize that effort, right? It's like, why are you going to leave 10% out there right. when you're already doing the work? Yeah. The work is done. So why leave the 10%? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that, 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 that comes to the, the conversation about CrossFit and how we are just trying to be so efficient with everything we do here. The alignment, the activation, and the, and the, the strive to get every percent out of every movement to move a joint 
and to move the body in a full range of motion, which is getting the most out of the muscle, which then strengthens fibers uh, by doing full range, you know, full range motion as opposed to isolated movements and barbell lifts and, and, and. Yeah, which we relate to. I mean, uh, Kai, you've come out for a couple of weeks now. I mean, we're all yeah. about full range of motion, right? So you're, you're getting your body into positions that you, you don't ever get yourself into again. Such so. a line, such, um, so effective what you guys are doing on the beach and that whole, that whole, that's why we're together here today, you guys. See yeah, what totally. you're doing there without, in a concrete box, you're out in nature on one of the most beautiful beaches in the world, mm -hmm. doing it for real. And that's what has attracted me, man. That's why <laughs> we're going to be there every Sunday with you guys. And that's great. Trying to bring my crew to, to see that what we're doing here translates to, yeah, totally. To uh, some real world work, which is. Yeah, and that's what we've talked about. Match. You know, it's the idea of, you know, how does your fitness look for you? Monday through Friday, right? When you're, when you're, or playing with your kids, right? It's, for me, it's like I always want to be able to play. And that's kind of what we try to do. But, you know, a lot of people compartmentalize that. You know, this is my training, and then this is my work, and then this is my this. And instead of saying no, they all integrate yep. together, right? That's part of it, right? We're doing this so that we can live this yep. cool, healthy, fun life. Yeah. Not we're going to schedule time for this, schedule time for that, schedule time for this, and everything's just broken up and none of it touches, yep. right? Yeah. What you guys are doing directly could you know, prepare athletes for work outside of, uh, for effective sport work. Mm -hmm. No different than what we're doing here. I got some paddlers that are kicking ass this season. Mm -hmm. And Suzanne, one of, my, one of my top girls here, just, just keep walking in with these gold medals. Nice. Awesome. Coach. Yeah, got one more. <laughs> you know? Awesome. Because she's just slaying it here. Yeah. Just moving that posterior chain, just loading up and just and doing it effectively and safely. And, and uh, going to these events and just, you know, with that paddle, is just that, yes. hip, that hip work and that upper back work. Uh, myself going to doing these silly ultra marathons and <laughs> some other crew doing their other things. So how many ultra marathons do you try to get in a year? I mean, there, is there a number that you try to shoot for? Is, or uh, what's like 2018 looking like for you? 2018 looks like um, the whole series of survival runs. There is one in Nicaragua, the big, the big event there. I'm two-time champion of that race, there, so I'm going back for three-peat. Nice, oh. man, yes. And end of, end of uh, February. Then uh, narrowly missed uh, the win in Canada last year. So we'll do the survival. So you need some redemption on that it's one then. Wow. Big event in the Alpine Mountains of Canada. Brutal, brutal, brutal course. And then uh, I'll be doing the triple crown of two hundreds. For the first time they put um, the the only three the only two hundred mile ultra marathons as a trifecta. Wow. Whoa. Um, so um, one's called the Bigfoot two hundred and one's the Moab two hundred and one's the Lake Tahoe. Oh the Moab two hundred I've heard is gnarly. Um yeah. It's, uh, well, it's, 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 it's actually a flowy, low course, and it's actually really runnable. The race that I've done uh, twice now, um, I podiumed at the Tahoe 200. That one's, that's the gnarliest of the... Of, of the because of the elevation? elevation? Is that what it... And extremely tough footing, rough, rough footing. And I had three mountain lion encounters last year. Oh, what? hi there. Um, <laughs> hi there, Death. There is, what are you doing? There is cold. Wow. There is extreme heat. There is dusty, nasty. Two years ago, we had wildfires nearby that led to my respiratory infection and bronchospasm. That's pretty much why I lost that race. I was in the lead till, till, uh, I, gotcha. till I got, mm -hmm. uh, I did not heed the advice of the, of the race director and, and wear a damn bandana or a buff uh, while everybody else was. And um, I, so I learned later, I was in the front of the race and then before I know it, mile 170, 175, I'm full bronchospasm wheezing oh. out in the mountains. Oh, so painful. And I couldn't oxygenate, so I was brought to almost a crawl and a, and a walk and a run, and, and these guys were catching me. Dang. They, they, were, they weren't 
Bronco spasm. <laughs> so, so how do you survive uh, the mountain lions, though? Oh man, um, <laughs> yeah, we, like, we, for real. Yeah. Yeah. We I just had a close sighting, close encounters. Wow, three times. And they're yeah. just watching in the mountains of uh, Lake Tahoe. And you, they just watch you, and they just kind of. Brazilian, my pacer from Brazil, uh, Flavio. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning, everywhere, just looking at this dude about. 30 feet away. Whoa. And he was, 30, just, 30 feet away. He was just spying and he was just sitting there. And his, that dude's back. We both agreed. We go, how tall is that dude's back? We're just sitting there talking to him. And our lights are on. Whoa. And he's just looking at us hanging out. His no back way. was like a fucking small horse. It was, oh, dude, he was man. Massive. And we just walked our own way and watched. And for That's the next couple hours, we just were just fearful like that dude does a yeah as he keep an eye yeah as he can just keep looking at that's, you and just watching you that's yeah. great inspiration though yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's totally like yeah but I mean, I mean that's what we talked about right? I mean we talk about this stuff right it's like hey if you're putting yourself in these situations there's that potential yeah and, you know, I mean, and then why, how are we prepare, preparing ourselves for those things right yeah and it makes me think of it too of like you know our kind of status now as human beings around the world is like we're like the top predator but we weren't always that way and, and to have you know a mountain lion kind of remind you again that like there was a time when we were getting eaten by these these animals and yep, um, on the regular yeah yeah but then but then that that primalness of of that feeling that you're that you could be eaten now you could be caught now whatever that that case may be That's it's a, like an inspiring thing it's like you know now you got to be the mountain lion you can't just be regular kale anymore you have to be the mountain lion <laughs> and yes and you got to go for it and so I think it's a beautiful experience. I'm not saying that oh, uh, everybody should go out and find a mountain lion so you feel that inspiration at all. I'm just saying when it does happen, appreciate the moment because you know fear isn't something to, be, to avoid. Actually, fear is a sign of intelligence because you're aware. And fear should be able to drive you, not just feed you, but drive you, you know? Well said. <laughs> really well said. Uh, yeah. Coming from you, Paul. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> I'm not even sure where to go with this. So, like Paul, well, Paul, I mean, I Paul has blown my mind I this do. morning, and, and I'm like, I what the been, heck? I love, I love everything that he's explained and, and all the adventures that he's had and, and, and um, how much great life experience that he's had and, and what a great coach he is. But I also am kind of curious of, like, what is it that you do for yourself to find that internal drive and motivation? Like, do you, do you find something inspirational from the books that you read? Did you find that, like, about your thoughts about your son and what you got to do with him? Do you call upon your dad? What are the kind of things that you've had to do to really motivate all of these things you know that's yeah it all comes down to that man how do how do you get out of bed at 4 20 in the morning right and want to rock um, a business and rock my personal fitness and try exactly. to stay on top of my it, it's a it's a challenge um i can answer that with kind of a three-prong answer one is you know i'm fortunate to uh, have my partner trevor from canada that, that helped make this opportunity a reality to own and be head coach of McKenna CrossFit. And that means that every day um, I'm surprised by and have the pleasure of working with some of the top athletes around the, from, uh, from US and North America. Mm -hmm. And plenty, plenty from uh, abroad. And mm -hmm. so, man, I, I'm seeing daily people just perform at an incredible level, some CrossFit skills, maneuvers, and workouts here that just I draw inspiration from. And it mm -hmm. is, this last week was incredible here. And McKenna CrossFit and uh, came away real inspired. So that's that's helpful. I'd love to help change lives with with our programming and with and with coaching and helping people be stronger and leaner and more healthy. That's that keeps me going. Then uh, you know, uh, my dad at 85 years old is still my biggest fan, and I'm super grateful. <laughs> He's the one that just was 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 awesome. uh, health very properly driving our son, my my brothers and 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 myself at a young early age to just be tops and go hard all the time. And that was, that was, you know, everybody's, 
got one in the world. Mine was my dad for sure. And then lastly, it was definitely my son, Jordan, who's, uh, who's probably my inspiration. He's 21 now. Mm-hmm. He's 6'3", 205. He's a Damn. phenomenal athlete. <laughs> uh, you know, he has, he has been all around the globe and he's been, he's a published author. He's a motivational speaker. He's uh, absolutely, absolute astute gentleman and kind and, uh, and, uh, and, and he's uh, a stalwart for, for uh, global uh, environmental change mm. and uh, policies and he's actively taking steps and measures to, to, to make change in the world and it's what he's studying and that's what he's going to do. He's done aid work in, in East Africa now and has, has, means, has, has, has plans to uh, continue with his aid work and helping you know, underdeveloped people and countries to, to live better and all that, kind of, all that, that stuff, man. It's just, what was I doing at 21? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not I mean, that. Yeah. I'm not going to share it on the air. But it sure as hell wasn't writing books and uh, Use your speaking. imagination times by 10, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's traveling right now, speaking to schools and universities and, uh, awesome. and, uh, and helping kids. So, so that, that makes me want to be a better person, man. You know? Yeah. So a couple things off of that. So with your dad, you know, he pushed that idea that you're going to be your best push to win. What was the feedback when you fell short? Oh, support, man. Dad was cool. So it's like, as dad long as you cool. left it all out there, then yep. it was, he wasn't yep. a jerk dad that just like, no, you suck, you're no, a loser now. It was, no. Let's work and get better. Let's win. Uh, let's win the next one. Yeah, let's win. That's you know, awesome. We, we, got, we were bred to win, you know. Mm-hmm. My younger brother was world champion and just was un defeated for like seven years or something you know, and mountain biking and uh and bmx racing BMX racing, okay wow and that drove me to uh, achieve to, in to, your field achieve in my field and, and and just just do do whatever do what you got to win if you fall short and just fix your shit and, and keep get back at it and get back at it and win so did you and so i feel blessed oh. at this age to be able to still be competitive and yeah and, absolutely uh, and can't do it in many sports uh but ultra marathoning lends it itself that that whole a more sport, mature crowd. More mature Absolutely, crowd. yes. You, smarter, I've noticed that. Smarter, more endurance, more uh, more experience, and you gotta let some of that ego go, right? Like you said, you have to let that pace go a little bit because you know that you need to be able to carry it for a day, two days, whatever the, the yeah, time may be, yeah, right? Ego just you're on the you're on the early bus. <laughs> yeah, I bet <laughs> you're. Yeah, you're out. The ego's involved because you just just blow up. You know, it's done. It's such little room for error. So how did you do it with your son then as he was being raised? I mean, did you try to f- kind of follow in your dad's footsteps to, uh, you know, I have a 12-year-old, right? I mean, you met Jack, my, my son, and I'm always trying to push him to be better. But, uh, you know, we live in this world where everybody's telling him, you know, all of his friends at school are telling him, oh, be lazy, get on your phone, you know, play this game, do this stuff. And so trying to motivate him to, um, you know, excel at something it has been a challenge for me so this is exciting to find out you know i mean how did you do it with your son yeah, that seemed I, to I work a, out because I, he's doing amazing I got things a book that might uh that might that might help change that or help help uh i'd love to yeah, yeah. that conversation what? my son's book yeah okay yeah no no uh no summit out of sight the story of the youngest human to climb out of wrist no summit out of sight <laughs> shameless plug folks no summit out of sight where's <laughs> the best place to buy it amazon.com Amazon. and bookstores near you i'm buying it after the, we get off the air with this thing for sure plugs I, yes know, exactly i have no uh, there's no shame there's no shame in the yeah, shameless plug i think we need to rename what that is <laughs> but um yeah that's that's uh, that's a good book we should pick it up so and read it what was your question oh about about jordan i, I just yes. raised him in the mountains and he was around uh, constantly around myself his stepmom, Karen, and then several elite ultramarathon adventure athletes. So just we what life in, was. We were in and out of expeditions all over the world, and at the dinner table talk was about flying to 
you know, going to China to do some race and planning and scheming and expeditions and talking about scenarios and, and just constantly talking about going big and doing big and, and suffering and, 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 and failures and, and, and all that. He, that was just dinner conversation. And so, it, it, but he was on his own path. He was a, he was a, uh, a dinosaur expert. He was a herpetologist. He was a Whoa. nature freak. And then one day he discovered, um, uh, he started studying mountains and he watched documentaries. This is the early days of, of online. Uh, and he was reading books, and before you know it, he came to me with a plan out of the blue <laughs> that said, Dad, I want to climb the highest mountains in the world. He was nine years old. Well, I picked him up in the car, and I can remember like it was yesterday. I picked him up in the car, he jumped in the car, he goes, Dad, I want to climb the highest mountains in the world. And I'm driving, and I said, do you even know what you're talking about? Yeah. He goes, yes, Dad. There's the seven mountains, they do this, and we're going to climb this first, second, third, fourth, fifth. And he had a whole plan already. And they go, all right, whatever. Let's see. Whatever. You know. yeah. <laughs> Let's so get to one. I put a heavy pack on him, and we started climbing the mountains in, near my home at, at seven, eight, nine thousand feet. And he's strong, but can he go overnight? Can does he want to be uncomfortable? Yeah. Know, climbing is not fun. It's not. It's a very right. unfun world. Before, before I know like, it, I found out that he had the gene for it, and, and he had the. And before I know it, we're in Kilimanjaro, and he broke the record of three days up and down on Kilimanjaro like a rocket, right? Wow. Twenty thousand foot volcano, and then before you know it, we're in Russia climbing and training in Argentina and all over the world, climbing and training for what led to, you know, the culmination of his dream to uh, climb Mount Everest, uh, which was three years ahead of schedule. So Whoa. at 13, he was a big 13. He was five foot 10, strong as a horse. Uh, and so he didn't need my inspiration. He'd come home from school, two to two o'clock in the afternoon, set his stuff down, grab, grab a smoothie, whatever, and he grabbed this huge backpack we had full of water containers. Huge backpack, put it on, put on his headphones. He had a little CD player, this little cheap CD player back then. <laughs> and then we'd go out in front of the house and he had a big tractor tire and a chain. And he'd go up, I had a street three, 400 yards long. And he'd just walk up and down that street, pull on that freaking tractor tire, get down at the bottom. With the pack track, on. With the pack and the tractor and, and a tire. Just done. Do about 20 laps, be done. Do some more research, pull out his maps, <laughs> go over and do. It was fun. It was all him. It's all his own drive. Age? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, I mean, so every every mountain that we go to, I'd expect him to just blow up and, and say, "Dad, this sucks. This is stupid." We're done. Um, yeah, um, we're done. And he kept going. And he just kept wanting to do it. He needs a boost every now and then of, of support, but it was all him. It was all him. So that was really unique. That was really wow. cool. well. And you had a, he had a dad though that was like, "Okay, well." Yeah. I'll, I'll let you fail. You know, that we've talked about that before, right? Don't fail for your kids. A lot of people fail for their kids. Oh, well, my, my son's only 10. He couldn't do that. Or my daughter's only this. They couldn't do that. But it seems like mm. you're just kind of, all right, well, you're going to fail when you're going to fail. And exactly. apparently it just didn't happen. He was what we, he was, so we trained with myself and, and my ex, Karen. Karen was, it probably still is, the top five adventure women in the world. Wow. Strongest, wow. phenomenal multi-sport athlete. You know, so we moved fast. <laughs> And here she is at nine, just just chasing us, trying to keep trying up, to yeah. keep up, and it killed him to to be behind us. And so here he was at nine, ten, eleven years old, you know, keeping pace with us in the mountains. And we were, you know, at the time. Yeah, you guys were training yeah, you guys to your thing too, right? You're doing what you got to do. And so he did not want to be. So before you know it, he's at our beating our pace. And when it came down to being in the high mountains of Denali and and and, and all these other big mountains that he did, he was a rocket ship, and that was the the key to success, doing seven summits with all on first attempt. And wow. never lose, never lost any fingers or toes and uh, all nailed <laughs> first summit on the first attempt, which is a wow. pretty rare. 
pretty pretty good accomplishment. Yeah, it seems like, especially at that age. I mean, yeah. you, you you think that at some point there'd be a breaking point, yeah. uh, a mental breakdown where you, you just can't go. But that's we taught him to strategize. Uh, the, you know, coming from my paramedic world and so on, you, we had protocols up on the mountains, man. There was a plan A, B, and a C, and you just had timelines and you had benchmarks that you just had to hit. If you didn't, you go to plan B or plan mm -hmm. C. It was just regimented, so I taught him that there was no. Chaos. Mm -hmm. There was no. You didn't have to think yeah. about it when you're up yeah. there. You knew exactly what to do when it, when the situation presented itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, my key to raising a kid. Is, <laughs> is, I never is said planning no. and discipline. Yeah, discipline. Early discipline. Yeah, planning. Yeah. And I gave him all the resources he wanted. But he's like he's that kid that never asked for anything. Mm -hmm. he never asked for toys. He never asked for stuff. But he, you know, he wanted to do gear. He wanted you know. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> He, huh. he wanted more things that would Im improve yeah. what he was already one involved axe, in. One yeah. hiking boots, one, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful, man. Yeah, you guys will meet him soon. He'll be out here. Right oh, on. nice. That'll be awesome, yeah. He loves it. I guess in that, in, in that questioning, too, of, of um, you know, finding all your different inspirations and things, um, you exert yourself a lot in, um, in everything that you do. And... Um, I'm not just talking about recovery here, but what do you do? You, do you do any kind of practicing of like your like mindfulness or meditation, or do you involve yourself in um, kind of those other pursuits to help bring about a little bit more Paul's, balance? Paul's chuckling right now. He's I'm wondering. <laughs> uh, Curious. My personal uh, psychologist is uh, been working with me on this lately. It's an area of improve needed improvement for me. Mm -hmm. It really is. I am in a situation with my business here that I am juggling chainsaws, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yes. I call it flaming chainsaws. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're all on fire and they can't hit the ground or I fail and my business fails. Mm -hmm. What's that mean? That means 15 hour days yeah. of phone, yes. laptop, guests, visitors, clients, members, programming, uh, and running a facility. And at the end of the day, it's nine o'clock and yes. I haven't had that. So, Great cat question, and it's incredibly timely that you present that, that 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 discussion because it is an area that I'm gonna make some very very uh, so make some changes. Like yeah. it's happening like right now. Well, it's, alpha type A personality is hard. This this is something that because you have to give up that control for this to work properly for yourself, right? If to to the mindfulness and meditation, the silence, the the quiet, the quieting your brain. A person like you this is as far from what you're good at as anything, right? I mean, that's the hard part of being a guy like you. You've, yeah. You don't know any other gear but all the yeah. way every time, yeah. you know, morning yeah. to start or morning to, morning to you know, night, and so it's crazy. Uh, unfortunately, the, the situation, I mean, as a new business owner and running a facility is just not by choice. I don't like to find spare time. Like, oh, let me just find something to do. It's, you know, it's, it's pressure. It's mm -hmm. pressure cooker stuff. It's stuff that's got to be done, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, so time sensitive. The time sensitive stuff that I. I mean, even like this, you know, we were messing around trying to work on the monitors today when we got here, right? The monitors messing yeah. around, and that's just a, a silly little yeah. thing that shouldn't be like a problem, but it's a problem. Yeah. And you have to be fit, and it has to be fixed. And guess what? You get to but be the guy, right? To your point, Holly, um, I've been finding time for naps. I've been finding time for setting <laughs> the phone away and getting in my room. I got a new house that's dead quiet, just a couple of roosters nearby, which is amazing. So I got this awesome bedroom, and I just get in there and I'll, I'll put on my eye blinds, and boom, it's set, set my. Alarm for 30, 40 minutes. Perfect. So perfect. Power nap style. Yeah, so is that mindfulness? Is that perfect meditation? Probably not, but it's a start. No, I think even in that way, you know, when you're sleeping, you're recovering. And uh, that's what your body's doing. And, uh, and, and also, as well, as we always say it, too, is that people forget that sleep is one of the necessities of your health and your survival. You know, um, let's wait for this truck to come by. <laughs> 
Here, hold up. We'll take a quick break. <laughs> yeah. So just and getting we're back, back. back to it now after uh, having after a whole the lot of noise truck. leave us. But we wanted to um, just get back to that question with uh, somebody that um, drives so intensely in his life with all the things that he pursues, that um, how does Paul kind of bring himself back into balance? And one of those was he was uh, taking some power naps, you know, 30, 45 minutes back, back at his home with only uh, three roosters. <laughs> Luckily, only three roosters. Um, what else are you doing, man, is, um, that, that you're learning, that you're so, trying to apply? So... Working on my quality of sleep, I have to be honest, starting the business off in this last year, I've encountered what I only thought was a, was, a, um, was a weakness in people or was just something I never thought I would have to deal with, and that is anxiety mm-hmm. um, and, and losing quality of sleep, which uh, is detrimental and is, it is a bad place to, 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 a bad thing to have. Yeah. So I'm talking about... Um, the introduction of uh, using CBD mm-hmm. uh, into my world. It's a daily, uh, it's now a daily thing for me to dose with CBD, sometimes throughout the day and sometimes, and always in the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and dosing with CBD uh, oil uh, shuts down all the extra um, cerebral work that, yeah. that, that mm-hmm. is going on unnecessarily that, that, keeps, that keeps, keeps the stress high and keeps, mm-hmm. uh, keeps me, had, had kept me from sleeping properly. And so I'm a big fan of that now. I've been studying it and awesome. uh, am now dealing with some products and dealing with creating a whole product line awesome. for athletes um, for recovery and anti-anxiety and improved sleep quality. And so... Yeah, because USADA still frowns upon stuff like this, right? So, I mean, that's a hard uh, thing. USADA and WADA have now changed position. It is all free and clear now. Really? The conversations mm. finally come full circle. They awesome. finally understand that CBD isolate has... Mm, a, a mile-long list of benefits, and uh, and uh, I mean, this should be. We should have a whole other conversation we about should. this. Oh, time. absolutely! Yeah, we'll so definitely. I've become, I've become very, very well-read and maybe almost expert on this, on this field. I just attended the two-day um, conference up in uh, the West Side oh, yeah, uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was mind-blowing. Yeah, what's happening on the medicinal world and the um, wellness world with uh, with the use of CBD properly is uh, is unbelievable. Yes. And so, anyways, that's that's in my world a bit. It's helped me. It's helped. Clarify my thoughts and my, my, my strategy to my day. At the end of the day, winding down to be able to shut off uh, what, what, what had been extremely stressful evenings and nights of, of a nonstop brain that just yeah, would, your brain's would just shut pacing, off. right? Your brain's pacing the whole Late night, bed, and it sucks, yeah. Toss, toss and turn all night and, and worried about oversleeping, and, and then before you know it, I've slept you know, an hour a night, and that just is bad for an athlete. So, yeah. anyways, that's, that's helped me out a ton. That's good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you found that medicine and that now you're becoming more of a promoter of, of something like that because I've always uh, held a strong belief that the things that we've been using that are plant-derived for thousands of years, why would we ever you know, exclude them? Why would we ever make them illegal? Yeah. Because we, people have been benefiting from them for thousands of years. So I'm, I'm happy that a guy like you, who has been an inspiration to so many, who I could only assume, because I've never been a part of those realms or, or those worlds that you have been a part of, would probably frown upon it because of what they've been told in their upbringing. Because I've been told that in my upbringing but then as I grew up and started to understand it more do my own research um, that I found that these kinds of things are medicinal the yes. only thing that is different between as I like to say a lot of times between you know something that is a drug or or a medicine or whatever it may be or uh, detrimental as like a poison is dosage really. dosage yep. is dosage dosage and um, and and your own relationship with it so you want to cultivate the right relationship you don't want to go into something totally uninformed and then you start abusing it because that's how it is with with many things in life is that people can easily 
pursue something without being uh, fully informed or fully aware or have, or have the adequate amount of knowledge necessary. And then they hop into this thing. And next thing you know, it's some, something's being damaged. Yeah. Perfectly well you said, know? man. It's a fascinating world, guys. We, we, yeah. We'll maybe have some more offline talk about this, but it's where we're at with athletes and coaches and, and mentors like, like we all are here. It's, um, it's an important agent. And, uh, Absolutely. Pretty key for me. So, my friend, um, we don't want to keep uh, too much more of your time. We know you got a busy schedule, you got a business to run, and all these great things that you're that you're doing that we Thanks. admire so much of. Yeah. Um, could, what would you What would you say uh, would be a good um, kind of last word for people that do listen to this? Of like um, your recommendation, like a takeaway, you know, like yeah. a, a, a takeaway, you know, <laughs> simple something, something yeah. simple that people could do. Maybe to maybe if they're considering trying CrossFit out. Let's go that realm. And, 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 uh, but they're, you're going, well, I need to train first to come to CrossFit. Like, what are things they could do to maybe, besides just show up, obviously that's the easy one, right? <laughs> show up and try it. But you know, what would no, you recommend I'm, somebody getting, kind of preparing themselves for their first time in no, here? I'm glad you asked, man. I'm out, I'm out, at, uh, out at a restaurant last night, met some friends, and, and we're at the bar talking about CrossFit. And uh, <laughs> I don't like to be that guy. I'd never raise the topic. And, and it came up, and I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll engage in the conversation, but I don't, nobody wants that guy at the bar. But, but we had a really friendly and informative conversation about it with somebody that was really new to it. And, uh, and it was just about explaining how scalable and how, and how this model is so effective for all shapes and sizes. You can hop online and you can look at all the YouTube videos and right. maybe magazine ads and just be scared shitless. And that's yeah. what the media and that's what the brand wants, wants you to think. Um, to be elite, to be incredibly uh, chiseled is the only way to manage CrossFit, well, the very model, the charter of it is to, is to take a, any average Jane and Joe and, and you assess them and take them from their baselines and you slowly move them toward a well-tuned, functioning, uh, 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 functioning human being to prepare for the outside world. So to be real pointed with, to answer your question is to, is to find that right facility. And, and CrossFit's just that place that's just made it so damn simple. You know, all it, two, three times a week, I have a conversation with somebody that walks in and goes, man, I've been to every gym. I've had, I've spent $10,000 last year personal trainers and I'm wow. still a bag of milk. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh. what can you do for me? Gosh. Like, you found the right spot, you know, and all you got to do is show up. All you just put your shoes on and show up, but you've got to find the right place and the right, the right coaches in the right place. Uh, Maui's got some good facilities. I think ours is one of them for sure, where uh, there's no judgment, there's no ego, there's nothing but acceptance of who you are and what you bring to it, and that you're brave enough to walk in the door and, and to want to be better. And it's so damn um, rapid and effective. Rapid's not the right word, it's a little bit intimidating, but it's just the, it's just the shortest distance from, from where do you walk in to, to a toned, lean, longer living body is, is, is CrossFit. No different than then your guys' program on, on the beach is really no different, uh, <laughs> not much different. That, that attention to mobility and proper alignment, mm -hmm. proper, proper body movement, and then building up resistance. Mm -hmm. uh, we got to have resistance. We got to have load to really accelerate that, that, that weight loss mm -hmm. with those hormonal shifts that got to happen for us to, to, get, uh, to get the overall metabolic changes. So just drop, you know, don't be afraid, drop and have a conversation. First of all, you can just drop in and have a conversation with the coaches and owners and just have a cup of coffee, have a, have a, you know, have a chit chat and just meet some people. I like it when people walk in here, they were just, they had the guts to come in. And then before you know it, I introduced them to three people that are standing by here and all sweaty and they just finished a workout and they just engaged in conversation. And all three of those people for sure came from different walks. And for sure one of those three came in here 30 pounds overweight, mm. yeah. had a terrible mobility, were nervous as hell to walk in, and now 
their energy is incredible. They feel mm-hmm. great. Their life has been changed one hour a day, three times a week. Yeah. And who doesn't have that kind of time to, uh, to find it, whether it's 6 a.m. or whether it's 5.45 at night, uh, and just trust that, that the model works. Mm-hmm. Uh, not every facility is the same. We're, you know, we all follow the same methodology, so to say, but delivery is very, is very different. Mm-hmm. It's unique. Mm-hmm. It's very unique. And so, uh, you know, just give it, give it, a, you know, drop, drop the, you know, drop the, um, the fear. And uh, it's, fear is important. Like you said, it's respect. It's respect for, uh, for what could happen. And, and we all, nobody wants to be hurt. Nobody wants to have uh, injury to take you out of your, your parenting or your, your career or something like that. Yeah. But, but um, I'm bra- I've been bragging for, I hate to say bragging, but I've been, we've been really proud that in the last 10 days, um, two weeks, um, I've been saying that I don't have one injury in, in this place. There's not that's a great. shoulder awesome. or a hip or a knee or an ankle that I can think of. Um, that makes me really think of what you have there on the board, the efficacy, efficiency, safety. And, and it's working right now, man. Through, man. I had a few shoulders a couple months ago with one of my gals that just went a little hard on the pull-ups. She was out for a week. Mm-hmm. It, really wasn't, it really wasn't even an injury. It was just sort of, you know, and so, just a strain. So a strain. When you can have that conversation here and show that that's when it's done properly. It can be, it can be uh, managed well and be injury-free and, st- and then just get results. That posture, that tone, those glutes, the energy level, it happens. That's, that's what it does. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Get the glutes. It's CrossFit glutes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I'm just getting privy well, to all of us can appreciate it. It's CrossFit glutes. <laughs> <laughs> just getting privy to all this stuff, man. I, I haven't learned, not learned much about CrossFit or the community and some of the lingo and the terminology that goes around. But, man, I really do appreciate you inviting us to this uh, WAD today. I thank you so much for your time, for all the knowledge that you dropped. And it's not bragging because that's not in your nature, but you are stating your experience. And that's, that's what's most important. And um, in that way, I'm hoping that um, as, as we continue on, throughout our journeys that we can continue to collaborate and that we'll have you back on the podcast oh. Matthew feeling good about it yeah but you guys this is world class shit what you're doing guys look at we're oh, sitting wow. in Maui and you guys are doing one of the most phenomenal programs what you guys do out there on the beach with athletes and given your time and energy and expertise man I, I want all my athletes to come and be a part of what you guys are doing and so I'm really blessed I feel really blessed to be a part of it Thank you, my man. One second. Uh, where can, where's the best yes. place for people to connect with you, find you, you find know, us socials? on social media, McKenna CrossFit, McKennaCrossFit.com. We're easy to find online. McKenna, M-A-K-E-N-A, McKennaCrossFit.com. And, and, and you know, we didn't get to touch on it, but uh, a couple of the people that I talked to earlier, the members around here, were talking about um, your supplements and, and your, obviously with the CBD stuff, sports you know, you, you seem to dig, dig in sports nutrition. Um, you know, you really dig into that stuff and, and, and learn and so uh, you know they were saying you got some really solid stuff so you know nothing we can get into right now but you guys if, if you're going to get a contact with Paul down here I mean he's got some great things probably uh, going to be way better than anything else you're going to find yeah. outside of GNC or you know the other shop so <laughs> hey come on over you know yeah exactly come over because it's, it's real stuff that's really going to help you in life so gentlemen thank oh, you so much man. Was all mine. see you next time aloha everyone aloha